It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget all, all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. How many of the diseases does he heal? He heals them all. Also from Exodus 15, 26, just a portion of that scripture says this, For I am the Lord that healeth thee. I am the Lord that healeth thee. Let's bow our heads. Father, we just commit this evening into your hands for your glory in Jesus' name. God bless you. You may be seated. Now look, I didn't come to preach to you tonight and give you a sermon so you can all relax. I just want to come and they asked me to take just uh, an evening and maybe just share some of the things that we've seen the Lord do. How many of you sitting here tonight has ever been healed of the Lord? Anybody here ever been healed? See, look at all the hands. So you see, God is our healer. He can heal cancer. He can heal physical trouble, mental trouble, spiritual trouble. Whatever the need would be, there's not a situation that's greater than our God. And you know, one of the things that stands out to me is not just healing, because you can be healed, you know, and then you get sick again. You can be healed of, of, of a disease and end up getting that disease again. We, we know those things are true, but what always touches my heart more than healing is conversions. It's to see someone give their heart to the Lord. And one that stands out to me that I'll never forget was on the Apache Indian Reservation. And we was preaching there one night, and there was a, a, an Indian, just a typical Apache, probably in his late 60s, and he had a bandana around his head and hair down to his shoulders and just the, the, the look of, a, of an Indian. And, his, and he, he came walking up the aisle, and this arm was artificial. It was missing, and this leg was artificial. So he didn't have no arm or no leg. And he come walking up the aisle with this artificial arm and leg. And when he got about where, where me and, and Paul is, I could smell the alcohol on him. He was drinking. And he, he walked up to me and I said, buddy, do you need something from the Lord? And he just laid his head over on my shoulder and just began to cry like a baby. He was just bawling. His tears was making my shirt wet. And I looked at him and I thought, poor fella. I said, they, they, they took his land away from him, put him out here on this reservation. I said, they probably drafted him into the army and probably lost that arm and leg in Vietnam. And he told me, he said, I don't want to hate no more. He said, I'm tired of hating. He said, lead me to that Jesus that you preached about tonight. And he was just weeping on my shoulder. And we prayed with him. Well, about a month later, I, I called Kevin after the meetings, Brother David Siler. Me and Brother David was in those meetings together down there. And I called Brother Kevin, and we was talking. I said, hey, how's my buddy doing? Talking about the gentleman that had come up. And he said, I said, is he still going to church? And he said, well, he did for a while, Brother Darrell, but he quit. And I said, he quit? I said, why did he quit? He said, he took sick and died. I said, died? He said, he died, Brother Darrell. said, I went down to his family to pay my respects. And so did he said, Kevin? said, he died so peaceful. said, all the bitterness and hatred was gone out of his heart. said, he died so peaceful. And I said, Kevin, what happened to his arm and leg? Do you know what happened to it? He said, he lost it in Vietnam, Brother Darrell. 
But I thought, here's a man just three or four weeks away and all the years that he carried hate and bitterness in his heart and three or four weeks before he left the earth, he found Jesus and he died so peaceful. Another thing that just stands out before we look at some things is Sister Rebecca Branham Smith, years ago when my mama was sick, she gave me a piece of Brother Branham's suit. I've still got it, and I've, I've carried it with me a lot when I feel like I'm going to pray for the sick and different things. And so there was a gentleman down in Arkansas, and if I remember right, his name was David King. I believe that was the man's name. And he had went to the doctor, and he had a cancer between his sternum and his heart. And so he asked if I had a prayer cloth that I could send him. He, a brother called me, and I said, sure, I'll, I'll be glad to send him. So he just telling me. So they gave me his address. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I didn't want to send him the whole piece of Brother Brennan's suit. So I pulled a thread. I'm telling you the truth. I pulled a thread out of that, put it in an envelope, and sent it to the man. He got that thread. It was just a thread off of, that, off of the suit. Put it on, prayed. He went back to the doctor with not one sign of cancer. Completely healed there's just nothing that our God can't do. You know, the first time I ever remember experiencing the Lord, I was about three years old. And there was a guy, my daddy was a tent boy for a guy by the name of Bobby Pruitt, no kin to Tim Pruitt and him. And they was having tent meetings and my daddy, he would, they call them tent boys. They would travel around and set up the tents and so that put the chairs up and all that. And when the meeting was over, they tore it down. So I, if I remember right, like I said, I was only about three year old, but I think it was down in Kingsport, come a big rain and it got muddy and we was going into the tent for the service and I slipped in the mud and fell on the tent stop and broke this collarbone, this one right here. And I just remember parts of it because I was just a young boy, but it's the first time I ever experienced the Lord. And they took me into the tent. Of course, if you break your collarbone, you can't raise your arm. And so Bobby Pruitt prayed for me. And I remember having mud and so he prayed for me and he had me to do jumping jacks. And when the man prayed for me, God instantly healed me of a broken collarbone. And I just remember doing the jumping jacks and the people screaming and praising the Lord because this little boy had just been healed of a broken collarbone. He's God. He can do anything. I gave my heart to the Lord when I got out of the army. I was 21 year old down here in Jonesboro, and I, I know many of you have heard me tell that, but I was in the old building down there by myself. And so when I went back to school in January, I went back to ETSU, and everybody, they, they just couldn't believe the change that had took place in my life because in December, I was a pretty rough character, and January, I was a new person. And so I started witnessing to people about the Lord. And I remember one day that I was walking on the campus and I was just kind of down in my spirit and I was just talking to the Lord and I said, Lord, I said, how are we ever going to get out of here? You know, sometimes you just get weary, you know, and I was, you seem like you talked to people about the Lord and they didn't want to hear anything you had to say, you know, and I was just kind of down. I said, Lord, how are we ever going to get out of here? And I was just walking like that, just talking to the Lord and something said, look up. And when I did, there was a tractor and trailer went out in front of me. And on the side of the tractor and trailer in big old letters was the word grace. <laughs> I said, yeah, it's grace. 
We're going to get out of here by the grace of Almighty God. And you know, God will be just as real to you as you'll let him be. And so many times he speaks to us, but sometimes we're so busy that we fail to hear his voice. So I've been serving the Lord and witnessing, and it come on my heart to preach. And I thought, how in the world do you start preaching? I, I didn't know how to start preaching. So I was working at the VA in surgery, I believe it was, or maybe I was going to school for surgery at the time to, to be a surgical technician. But anyhow, I, I took off and I went to the riverbank down in Kingsport and I spent all day praying. And I said, Lord, if you want me to preach, if you'll open the door, I'll walk in it. But how, how do you start preaching? I don't know how to start preaching. So I come home that afternoon, been out there on the riverbank praying. And when Cheryl said, my wife, you know, Cheryl, and she said, Brother Phillips, he was the pastor before Brother Don. He said, Brother Phillips called. I want you to call him. So I called Brother Phillips. And I said, Brother Phillips, this is Brother Darrell. And I said, Cheryl said you wanted me to call you. He said, yeah, Brother Darrell. I said, I was praying today. And said, the Lord put on my heart to ask you if you'll take the service Wednesday night. Oh, my Lord. Y'all should have been there. It was the shortest message I ever preached in my life. 15 minutes. You, you missed it. <laughs> you, now you get those errors and a half. But it was 15 minutes. And I spoke on what Jesus did for me. He'll do the same for you. And I just told him how the Lord touched my heart. So I started preaching. And the Lord spoke to me one evening and said, when you turn 30, you'll start traveling. And I was working with the young people. As young people's leader, I was Joel's young people's leader and Jennifer's young people's leader. And we had some great times. Used to get in my basement, have prayer meetings and all my, we just some good times working with the young people. Some of the men and Cheryl's talking the other day that we missed those days of when we used to work with our, the young people. But anyhow, the Lord said, when you turn 30, you'll start traveling. And when I turned 30 year old, I was sitting in the old church and there's a man sitting about three rows up in front of me and I looked this way, you know how you look around and see who's in church and what they're wearing. Y'all don't do that. Well, there's an altar up here. Just come on up in a few minutes. You can get it right. And so I was looking around, you know, seeing who was there and who was misbehaving. And, <laughs> and so I saw this man and I looked this way and I looked and I looked back that way and I come back around. And when I looked at the back of this man's head, a voice spoke to me and said, join yourself to that man. You'll speak for him. So I go out in the vestibule and was sitting there and this guy walked right up to me and he said, I said, Brother Darrell said, I'm Brother Bill Anderson from down in Columbia, South Carolina. I said, I have a church in Buford. And he said, I was praying about an evangelist. And he said, the Lord put on my heart to ask you if you'll come and preach for me. And I was going, yes, sir. Yes, sir. And so that was when I started traveling, started preaching. And when I started traveling, you know, I joined the army to see the world. And you know where I went? North Carolina. Spent all four years of my military in North, six hours from home. And so when I started traveling, you know, going to Charlotte Airport and Atlanta, I didn't know anything about that stuff. And it made me nervous. I was just, just a kid and I, you know, I just didn't know anything about that stuff. And, and so I was praying one night. I was in my study praying. And when I was praying, the Lord spoke to me, a scripture to my heart. And I'll be honest with you, I had no idea what the scripture said. I just know the Lord spoke this scripture to me, Psalms 121. 
And so when I got done praying, I got up and opened up my Bible to Psalms 121, verse 8. And this is what it said. It said, the Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forward and forevermore. I have traveled over 1.3 million miles preaching the gospel in a car. I've got almost a million miles in an airplane. But he's brought me home every time. He's brought me home because God don't give you a promise that he don't keep. If God promised you anything, he'll keep that promise. Sometimes our friends will lie to us. We know that. Sometimes the people closest to us will lie to us. But he will never lie to us. Whatever God told you, that's what he'll do. He's been true to that promise. So I just want to share with you just a few things. When you've had enough, just raise your hand and we'll quit, okay? Because I don't want to preach to you, but just, just want to share some of these things that I've seen the Lord do. And some of it I know you've probably heard me preaching, so you've probably heard them before. But just as I was thinking and trying to write down a few things, but just want to share some things with you. I want to look at the thinkings of, of healings down in Mexico. You know, the, the, the Brother Branham said about the Spanish people. He said the Spanish people get their healing because they humble themselves and they're willing to eat the crumbs. And I've seen the Lord do so many things among the South American people because they're just a humble people. You know, you just tell them and they believe it and that's it. You know, they don't, they don't have to figure it out, reason it out. And so I was, some of the things that I've seen the Lord do, I was down there among the Maya Indians. And the Maya Indians, don't, they don't even speak Spanish. They've got their own language. They've got the Mayan language. And so I was down there and I was preaching in English and they was interpreted into Spanish and the Spanish was being interpreted into the Maya and they was giving it to the Maya people. So I had two interpreters. And so this woman came up for prayer and she spoke to me in, in Maya, which I didn't understand the word she said. And I turned to my interpreter, uh, Benaya, and he said, Brother, I, I don't speak mine. He said, but I do know enough of it to know that she said something about her ears. And I said, okay, well, we'll just pray for her ears. So I took my fingers. And I stuck them in her ears like that and just prayed for her. And when I did, when we said amen, she goes, just like this. And she turns around to her friend and grabs her friend and pushes her up there. And I told, I said, the Lord just healed her. Because you see, when the Lord does something for you, the first thing you want to do is tell somebody. It makes you a witness. And so she was witnessing of our healing, of her healing. Now, when I started preaching I've not shared this to just a few people, but I want to share it with you tonight since you're my buddies. I was in Virginia sitting on the front row. Brother Charlie Spencer, which is Brother Ron Spencer's daddy, he said in the meetings up there, when that Brother Donnie was preaching, we went up there to hear Brother Donnie preach. And he goes, Brother Ward, do you sing? <laughs> I said, no, sir, not a lick. Well, when I said that, everybody started laughing, and I embarrassed myself. And so I was sitting on the front row, and I said, Lord, what have you called me to do? And a voice spoke to my heart, just as real as I'm talking to you, and said, I've called you to pray for my sick children. And I've always tried to do that because I feel like that's what he wanted me to do. As a brother said that, the Lord told him I was to pastor a church. He said, the Lord told him I was to be the pastor of this church. And I thought, well, if the Lord told him that I'm supposed to pastor, and I'm the one that's supposed to do it, he should be able to tell me. <laughs> Ain't that right? Especially if I'm the one that's supposed to do it. 
But, you know, I said, well, I appreciate it. And so I prayed about it. And I prayed earnestly about it. For like three years, I waited on the Lord to give me an answer. And I was down in Kentucky, down at Brother Billy Laster's. You know who that is, don't you, buddy? Brother Billy Laster's. I was, I was down there. We was deer hunting with Joe Pewitt and them guys down there. And I was in a tree stand and I said, Lord, those people deserve an answer. If you'll tell me what to do, I'll do it. If you want me to take that church, I'll take that church if you'll just tell me. And while I was in the street stand, a voice spoke to my heart and gave me two names. It said, you'll preach for these two brothers and by this you'll know you're to stay on the field. Well, I come out of the woods and Brother Billy Laster, he's gone to glory now. He had killed a cow and we had a big steak dinner. And he invited all these brothers to come to this steak dinner. Well, when I went to his house for this dinner, those two brothers was at the house and both of them that night asked me to come and preach. So I go back up to where the brother said that the Lord told him I was the pastor of the church. And I took a message on the sons of God are led by the spirit of God. And I told the people, I can't take the church because the Lord told me to stay on the field as an evangelist. Down in Mexico, in those meetings down there, just as I got ready to read my scripture, they decided that they're going to kill a pig to feed the people that week. And just as I started reading, over here was a, what in the world? <laughs> Couldn't you wait till at least got done preaching? So anyway, we had pig that whole week that they killed. Right when the service started, they decided to kill the pig. But at the end of the service, I went into the kitchen to thank the sisters for cooking all week for us. And there was a sister there who had cancer. And she was so sick, but she, had, she was cooking. And there was another sister there who wanted to have a baby. And so we prayed and asked the Lord to heal the sister with the cancer and to give this other sister a child because they had labored so hard for the young people. Well, about two years later, I was back down in Mexico again and I run into those two sisters. And the one that had the cancer was completely healed. And the other one had a little two, about a year and a half, something like that, just a little baby was holding in her hands. The God honored both of them for working so hard for his young people. Remember the story of the diabetic ulcer? You may remember that story. I was in a meeting and I preached on the bride's checkbook. And that the checkbook has already been signed and all you have to do is fill out what you have need of because it's already been signed by Jesus Christ. You know, Brother Barron preached about that. And so I was preaching on the bride's checkbook. Well, this man came up and I was at Walmart and I, I bought this watch for 10 bucks. And Cheryl said, why are you buying a watch? You got two or three of them. I said, I don't know. It's just a good deal. I just, you know, if it's a good deal, buy it, right? And so I took it with me. And when I got down there, I seen this man and I gave him the watch. Well, the man that I gave the watch to, he came up for prayer. He pulled up his pants leg. And he had an ulcer, a diabetic ulcer that had ate. I could see the bone through the wound in his leg. And it was going to amputate his leg because of the, the, the bone gets infected. It's got to come off. And so he came up for prayer. And he said, I want to write a check for the healing of my leg. And so we prayed with him. Well, about several months later, I was back down in that part of Mexico again. And he came running up to me. And when he did, he goes like this, shows me the watch. I still got it. I said, well, praise the Lord. And he pulled up his pants leg. And that tumor, or that, that, that 
diabetic ulcer, that ulcer that was on his leg was completely healed. There was just a little dark spot where the ulcer had been. Completely healed. And so he told him. He goes back to the doctor and the doctor says, tell us what you did. And we'll tell the other people to do that because we have other people that we're going to take their leg off because of diabetic ulcers. said, tell us what you did and we'll tell them to do that. And he said, I told them I wrote a check to the bank of heaven. God healed him of a diabetic ulcer. Healings of those on canes. Brother, if you'll put the picture up. Yep, that's a good one. <laughs> anyway, I was down in Missouri here a while back. And this sister, I think they'll put the picture up in a minute. But this sister was on this, on this walker. And so I said, sis, have you ever thought about getting your hip fixed? And she said, they won't operate on me because I'm in stage four kidney failure. I said, kidney failure? She said, yeah, they won't operate on me. I said, well, let's just pray. We wasn't even in church. We was actually at a fellowship hall eating. And so I just sat down beside her and took her by the hand. I said, well, let's just pray. God will heal you of your kidneys and get your hip operated on. Well, I was down in Oklahoma just a couple of months ago, back in June, preaching for Brother Bryce Collins. And the sister, I've got the picture, but I guess they can't get it up. But the sister came up to me. She said, Brother Darrell. She said, you remember me? I said, yeah. She said, I'm going to get my hip fixed. I said, you are? She said, yeah. She said, you know, brother, I said, I went to the doctor. Said they couldn't find nothing wrong with the kidneys. And she said, I just come from the six-month checkup because it was last year when we was there. And she said, I just come from the six-month checkup. And they told me, they said, your kidneys are so good. We're going to take it off of your chart that you ever had kidney trouble. <laughs> Hallelujah. So good that they took it off my chart. Yeah, here's the sister right here. You can see she's got the walker. She said, it's so good they took it off the chart that I ever even had kidney trouble. Do you remember the story of the sister in France? Anybody ever remember that? Allie, you do, I guess. Anybody else remember that story? You do? Well, we won't tell it then. Anybody else don't remember it? Want me to tell it? You don't want me to tell it. You do want me to tell it. I ain't going to tell it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I was in France. And so I had preached this little message that the Lord gave me on for the sake of one. What God would do for one soul. Because you see, if he was the only young person ever lost, he would have went to Calvary for you. That's, that's how much he loves you. If he was the only person in the history of humanity that was lost, he would have went to Calvary for you. If he was the only person in the history of all humanity that was ever sick, he would have took every stripe for your healing. That's just how much he loves you. So I took this thought for the sake of one. And when the service was over, this sister was sitting on the second row. And she was on a cane. Her hair was real short, big old earrings. She had on pants. And so I just stepped down off the platform. I was actually leaving, going out. And I just stepped down and I went over where she was. And she had her hand like this on her cane. She's standing there. And I just laid my hand on her hand. And I said, Father, I said, this poor woman... I said, she don't understand the word I'm saying. I don't speak French. I barely speak English. And I said, this poor woman, been on this cane, probably had a rough life. And I said, Father, if I can find favor, I said, take, 
take her off this cane that she can just enjoy the rest of her life without this cane. So I just went on, said amen, and went on. On the way home, Brother David Myers, he was the guy sitting up here on the platform with us during the dedication service. On the way home, Brother David said, what, what did you say to her? So I told him what we said. Well, the next morning, she comes to church and she wants to testify. And she said, I got up this morning and I didn't need my cane. The Lord took her off of the cane. And I was there in February before the pandemic destroyed the world. <laughs> and I saw her and since that time, she's repented been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, received the Holy Ghost. She had on a skirt, her hair was way down her back, and she was vacuuming the church. I said, Lord, have mercy, every time I see you, you're getting younger and younger. She went from a cane to vacuuming the church because that's the kind of God that we serve. And I was in Poland, and I was leaving the meeting in Poland, and there's a man standing there, and he was on a walker. And it reminded me of the sister in France. And so I just went over. I was on the way out. I went over and never even spoke to the man. I just laid my hand on his back and asked. I said, Father, you're the God that took that sister off the cane there in France. You can take this brother off the walker in Poland. And just went on. When I got home about three weeks later, Brother Robert Fisher sent me a text. He said, Brother, said that man you prayed for in Poland that was on that walker? I said, yeah. I said, how, how did you know I'd done that? Because I didn't. It wasn't a public show. I just went out. And I said, how did you know that? He said, because he contacted me and said he don't need his walker anymore. That same God that done it in France, done it in Poland. And the same God that done it in Poland, done it for my sister sitting right back there about two weeks ago, I guess it was. I was sitting over here, and, I, and at the end of the service, I felt led to go pray for her. And I just got up, went over, sat down beside her, and prayed for my sister. She came over to the house yesterday. She's walking really good. She's not been on her cane now for over two weeks because the same God that done it in France, done it in Poland, can do it in America. He's God. Sister Vera Frost in Missouri. Where you at, buddy? I know. Where's my buddy at back there from Missouri? There he is. You remember Sister Vera, don't you, buddy? She was paralyzed on the right side of her body. You might have been too young to remember that. I don't know. You're just a young fella. But, and she come up like this. She said, I want you to pray for me. I've had a stroke. Her mouth was pulled up towards her ear. And so we prayed for her. And she turned around and drug herself off just like she came up. And the devil spoke to me and said, see there? She came up for help and you couldn't help her. And I said, I'm not the healer. Jesus Christ is the healer. He told me to lay hands on the sick. I did my part. The rest, it's up to him. Ain't that right? A year later, I was back down there. This woman come in carrying deer meat and went out, come in carrying green beans. And so she came by me and I said, do I know you? She said, yes, you do. I said, was you here last year when I preached? She said, yes, I was. I said, wasn't you paralyzed on your right side? She said, yes, I was. I said, you're doing real good now. She said, yes, I am. Oh, God is so good. I've been there out in Missouri, Brother Leon Wilson. He's, he's gone to glory. And his sister Kathleen that comes to our church, it was her, her husband. He's gone to glory now. But Brother Leon from Mississippi had a real heavy Mississippi accent. And I was down there preaching one time. He said, yeah, I says, uh, we're going to get old Brother Wald up here to preach. Instead of Brother Wald can't preach, we're going to set him down and get somebody who can. <laughs> oh, mercy. I was down there preaching one time and they was calling for a major snowstorm to come in. 
But the, the church, do you remember the church, buddy? Do you remember that church? It had no windows. It was just a block building. There's a back door that you come in. And on the front up here on the side was a door. And so they didn't have no study. So you'd pull your car up and sit in the car. And when it was time to preach, Ronnie Clester would open the door and motion for you to come in. And that's how you waited for the service. So I was sitting on the platform. Brother Leon gets up. He goes, uh, yeah, I said, uh, they calling for a major snowstorm to come here after a while. I said, but we're going to have none of that around here. He said, we're going to have us some church tonight. He said, Brother Wall, did you preach? I said, Brother Leon, if you have church, I'll preach. He said, yes, sir. He said, we're having us some church tonight. He said, Ronnie, open that there door. Well, Ronnie Cluster got up, opened the door. The snow was coming in like this. It was already about an inch and a half on the ground. Brother Leon goes, uh, church is canceled tonight. <laughs> Oh, mercy. <laughs> His faith went right out the door with the snow. <laughs> Brother, if you put up that next picture. I was in Ohio. This sister came up with this thing hanging off of her head. She wanted prayer. And when I laid my hands on her head like this I just come up and it was just hanging off of this ear and I just and when I put it made me so sick I thought I was going to vomit it just made me sick at my stomach but that woman's faith was so great I thought man we are going to have some church because this thing's fixing to fall off on the floor we're having some church tonight well I prayed for her she turned around walked off it was still there I couldn't understand it I thought it wasn't me, it was her, it was her faith. It, Brother, Brother Rob, it was so strong. I thought, why did that not fall off in the floor? So I was talking to David Siler, my buddy, you know, I was talking to David, I said, David, I do not understand why that didn't, it should have fell off in the floor. Well, I guess the Lord heard me whining because I get a text from Brother Wayne Lawson, said, I'm up here in Ohio, I said, there's a sister up here, I said, do you know Brother Darrell? He said, yeah, I know Brother Darrell. She said, will you text him and tell him that four days after he prayed for me, I was walking through the house and the tumor fell off in the floor. Show the next picture, Mikey. <laughs> you see, sometimes it don't happen when you think it happened, but it'll happen in God's time. And when it happens in God's time, it's always right on time. So if you pray, well, Brother Darrell, I prayed and nothing happened. Never doubt your ability to pray. The greatest weapon placed in any of our hands is the weapon of prayer. It's more powerful than an atomic bomb. Is that not true? He gave Moses a stick. He gave David a slingshot. He gave Samson a jawbone. But he gave you the name of Jesus in prayer. And when you hold that name in prayer, every devil is subject to you. They're under your feet. Look at your feet tonight. Brother, only preached on our feet last night. And you know what I was thinking when he preached on that? No matter how ugly my feet is, every devil's still underneath my ugly feet. <laughs> well, praise the Lord. I was in Arizona, Cottonwood, Arizona. There's a sister there had a tumor on her chest. And she'd been putting this scythe on it. And so that night I was just doing like I'm doing right now. I took a little thought on uh, a witness of his majesty and was just sharing some of the things I seen the Lord do. It was on a, just a Wednesday night service. 
And she, was, she never came up for prayer. She never asked for prayer. She was just sitting in the service rejoicing over what the Lord did. She goes home, takes her blouse off to put some ointment on this tumor that was on her chest, and it completely disappeared during the service. No scar, no scab, no nothing. It was completely gone. She didn't even know what happened. When she went, took her blouse off to put ointment on it, it was gone. Tumor disappeared during the service. I was in Oklahoma. There's a young girl there had a growth on the side of her leg and she came up for prayer. And I told her, I said, when the Lord heals you, you tell your pastor to let me know. Well, she said, as soon as the saints of God prayed for her, she goes and checks and the tumor was half the size it was. And three weeks later, I get a text from her pastor and the sister said it was completely gone off her leg. As a sister in Nicaragua had cancer and they wanted her to start her treatment right away. But she said, I want a brother to pray for me before I start my treatment. So I was down there in January. I've been to Nicaragua 15 times and I was down there in January and she came up for prayer and she told me, she said, I'm ate up with cancer. They want to start treatment. She said, but I wouldn't let them start it until you prayed for me. She said, will you pray for me? I said, yes, ma'am, we'll pray for you. We prayed for the sister just kneeling at the altar. She goes back to the doctor. She's alive today. Not one sign of cancer. <laughs> He's so good. It's just that simple faith. Just that simple faith. Pieces of prayer cloth. I shared the one about the thread off of Brother Brenham's suit. But a brother from down in Arizona sent me some prayer cloths that Brother Brenham had prayed over. And so I was going down to Brother, I believe it was Brother Tim Pruitt's to preach. And I just reached up, I had them in a bow, and I reached up and grabbed a couple of them, put them in my pocket, took them with me because I thought, you know, I'll get a chance maybe if we pray for the sick, we'll just take them with us. And so I get to the room, I go out to preach that night, I just take these things, I never even looked at them, just put them in my pocket. Well, this sister came up that was real heavy with child. And she said, Brother Darrell, she said, she said, I'm pregnant. And I said, yes, ma'am. <laughs> Kind of hard not to see that. And she said, they tell me my baby's dead. And she said, I was wanting a girl. Said, they tell me I'm going to have a boy, but they tell me my baby's dead. And she said, you know, I was really wanting a girl, but right now I just want my baby to be healthy. Said, I got to go from some tests if I remember it right. It's been a few years ago. And I told her, I said, sis, I said, I've got a prayer call that Brother Brandon prayed over. And I took it out of my hand and I just put it in her hand like this. And prayed with her. I said, now, when you have that baby and it's healthy, you send that prayer cloth back to me as a testimony of what the Lord did for you. Well, I was down there a few years later, and this sister come up. She said, you remember me? I said, yeah, I remember you. She said, Brother Darrell, she said, I had a healthy baby. I said, well, praise the Lord. She said, but do you know you get, she said, you remember, said they was telling me it was a boy. I was wanting a girl, but I said, I'll, I'll just, I just want it to be healthy. I said, yeah, I remember that. She said, she said, Brother Ross, she said, I had a beautiful, healthy little girl. And I said, well, praise the Lord. She said, but do you know you gave me this? And she held out her hand. It was a pink prayer cloth. Oh, oh Lord, have mercy. Who could do that but God? A pink prayer cloth. I got an envelope in the mail the other day from Canada. I opened it up and in it, was a handkerchief. I said, Brother Darrell, I'm completely healed. 
said, here's your handkerchief back because you told me to send it back to you. I do not have a clue who it is. I just don't. I give so many, I give so many handkerchiefs away. That's what my family buys me handkerchiefs for Christmas. I think I'll start giving bicycles or something. <laughs> well, this is being streamed, ain't it? Oh, I'm in trouble. Lord have mercy. Amen. I just, I just didn't want to preach to you. And I just kind of wanted just to relax, you know, and just, just witness to some of the things that we've seen the Lord do. Torn rotator cuffs and shoulder trouble. I was down in Oklahoma, and this woman had tennis elbow. And I was preaching a little message the Lord gave me on the healer is passing by. And at the end of the service, this sister, she, everybody was clapping her hands and singing. And she started clapping her hands, and when she did, she started yelling. I'm healed. I'm, she said, I couldn't do that, and I'm doing that. And as soon as she done that, it's just like the door opened up, and this one got healed, and that one got healed, and that one got healed, because she broke that barrier. And when that barrier's broke, you can step into whatever you have need of. I was over in North Carolina. Scott Smith's mother had a torn rotator cuff. She couldn't raise her arm. And right at the end of the service, I think also in that same, I think I was preaching that same message, the healers passing by. But in, at, towards the end of that service, the Spirit of the Lord just kind of fell among the people. Well, I turned the service over. I went into the study. And I was sitting in the study, wiping the sweat off my face. And all of a sudden, I heard a roar out there. And I thought, what in the world? And Brother Scott came in. He said, Brother Darrell, he said, God's healed my mama of a torn rotator cuff. He said, she's got both hands up praising God. Amen. Amen. And we're just, oh, there are just so many. Healing in the eyes. The sister in Pennsylvania, I know you've heard me tell this many times, Sister Betty had glaucoma. It's so bad that the lights of the church hurt her eyes. She had to wear sunglasses sitting in the church. And so she came up for prayer. And she said, I've got to go see an eye specialist on Monday about my eyes. And she said, but would you pray? And I said, sure, we'll pray. And so me and the, the saints prayed for Sister Betty. She goes back to the doctor on Monday, the eye specialist. And he examined her eyes and he told Sister Betty, he said, whoever... Whoever sent you here needs their eyes examined. He said, there's nothing wrong with your eyes. He healed her of glaucoma. Well, I was sharing that testimony up in Oregon, and a man sitting in the back with cataracts. And he said, Lord, if you can heal Sister Betty's eyes, you can heal my eyes. And the cataracts fell off of his eyes sitting at the back of the service. He got up and testified, I can see. He said, everything was real milky. Now it's clear. So I was over in New York City, Brother Ivan Carrion. And I was sharing what the Lord did for Jessica. You know, Jessica was blind and the doctor said she'd never see again. But the Lord opened her eyes and now she sees better than me. And so I was sharing the testimony of what the Lord did for Jessica. And a man was down in Florida streaming the service. And he, I think he had glaucoma at his eyes. But he stood up in the living room and said, Lord, if you could heal Jessica's eyes, you can heal my eyes. He goes back to the doctor, gave him a clean bill of health on his eyes. And that same service, as a drug act was streaming the service... And when I had the saints lay hands on one another for prayer, he stood up in his living room, a drug addict, and God delivered him of meth. That's the kind of God that we serve. I was in Ohio preaching. And we had a, a, just a prayer line developed. Didn't call for a prayer line. It just kind of developed. And so these people was coming up for prayer. And so this sister came up and I said, do you need something from the Lord? And she said, no, I come to testify. She said, I was at home streaming and said, the Lord heal me. And she got in her car, drove all the way to the church, came up to the altar 
and testified of her healing and then proceeded to shout the church down. Sitting at home, watching the service, and God healed her. She said, I didn't come for prayer. I've come to testify. Amen. I seen on the Facebook of this woman whose little boy had diagnosed with asthma, six-year-old, and they told her that he was going to have to be on oxygen. And she said, I don't want my little boy to be on oxygen. I, I want him to play. You know, and that just kind of touched me. I thought, poor little fella. So I just typed out a, a prayer. I said, Father, this little fella wants to just be normal and enjoy. I said, just take that oxygen away from him. He don't have to wear it. And he can just be normal. And I just typed out the prayer. So a little while, I get a reply from this sister. and said, thank you, Brother Darrell, for praying for my little boy. She said, you prayed for my husband when he's a little boy down here in Arkansas. and said, God healed him of asthma. I said, if God healed him of asthma, I know he can take care of my little son. So I was down in a meeting in Arkansas, and this man and his boy come walking in to the, to the study. He said, you remember me? And I said, no, sir, I don't believe I do. He said, when I was a little boy, he said, you prayed for me. He said, the Lord healed me of asthma. He said, this is my son that you prayed for on Facebook, and he didn't have no oxygen. <laughs> Amen. Heart disease. I was down in Arkansas, and a brother came up. He grabbed me. I heard bones I didn't even know I had pop. He about killed me. And he, was, he said, Brother Darrell, said two years ago when you was down here, he said, I had a, a, a heart disease. He said, they told me I was in heart failure, had put me on all this medicine, said I came up for prayer. He said, I went back to the doctor, Brother Darrell, and they said, said, your heart is so good. He said, they took me off all my heart medicine. He said, I don't even take heart medicine anymore. And he said, I just wanted to come and thank you. And I thought, Lord, a handshake would have been good. <laughs> he about squeezed the breath out of me. But you remember Tony Burdett, he was here during the dedication service. He's talking about the Lord touching his heart. I was in that service when that happened, and Brother Tony came up and he was telling me that the doctor said he couldn't live without that medicine, but he wanted to trust God for his healing. He said, I'm not taking any more of it. And I said, well, I'll agree with you, Brother Tony. We'll just pray together. And that's been a, however many years ago, I don't know how long it's been, but he's never took any more heart medicine. And I was sharing it with him because up in Virginia, there's a man came up. I didn't even know where he even got the medicine, but he had it in his hand like this. And he set it on the, on the platform like that. And he said, the doctor says, if I don't take this, I'm going to die. He said, but I'm giving it to Jesus. It kind of made me a little bit nervous. I thought, wow, you know, what this guy's just caught up in emotion or something. But I thought, well, you know, if it's got that kind of faith, I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm going to stand with him. Man never took another, to the day he died, he never took another pill for his heart. So I was telling that to Brother Tony down in South Carolina about the man up in Virginia. And Brother Tony was testifying up here the other day. You know, he said, Brother Darrell's probably said it different places. But the Lord healed Brother Tony of heart disease. I think it was an enlarged heart if I remember Right. Skin diseases. Y'all getting tired? You want me to quit? Skin diseases. There's a little brother from Wisconsin. <clears throat> had this stuff all over his arms. He's at the BYC camp a few years ago. <clears throat> and I come down off the platform and went back where he was and just laid hands on him, prayed for him. By the time he left the camp, he didn't have a sign. It was just the Lord took it right off of him. I was in the backfield working. Brother Richard Tester called me. He said, Brother Darrell, 
He said, my great-grandson, I told it wrong before, I told it as his grandson, but it was actually, I was talking to him the other day, and he was telling me, it was actually his great-grandson, he had an incurable skin disease, had been to four different doctors, and every one of them said, the boy will never be well. He just got this, he said, he, was, he called me, he said, brother, I said, he got a rash from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. And he said, will you pray? Well, I said, sure, buddy, we'll just agree together. So I was out in the backfield, I just stopped, we prayed over the phone. A few days later, I was back there still working in that backfield. Brother Tester called and said hello. He goes, Woohoo, Brother Darrell. He said he's got brand new skin. Brother, put up the picture, Brother Michael. This is the boy today. That's what our God can do. There is nothing that our God can't do. Hallelujah. Amen. Isn't he wonderful? There's another brother at the BYC had warts all between his fingers. And he came up for prayer. And all the warts between his fingers just went away. So if you got skin trouble tonight, if you can do it at the BYC. You know, I was at the BYC one year and I got done preaching and I went over behind the organ and I I set my Bible down like this. Gosh, it was so hot, I thought I was gonna die. I went down to the concession stand before the service. I drank a whole quart of Gatorade. Just gum, 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 gum. Took another one with me to the pulpit because it was so hot that night. And I, I was just dizzy and I went over behind her and I set my Bible down like that. And when I did, this girl was looking at me right in the face and a voice said, pray for her. So I looked up and I thought, where is she at? So I come back around the organ and I was just all these faces looking. I thought, where? And I was looking, trying to see her. And when I was looking like that, and she walked right up in front of me and stood right there in front of me. And I told her, I said, sis, God is my witness. He told me right over there behind that organ to pray for you. And she just melted into the carpet. Isn't, isn't he wonderful? You know, when Jessica was hurt real bad and we was in the hospital room that night and Cheryl was crying and I was crying and you know Cheryl's daddy was dead and little Rachel had been killed and Cheryl said I've lost my daddy and I've, I've lost my sister and she said if I lose my baby she said I'll just die and I knew that I just her heart was just broke and I just turned to the wall and I said Lord I said what are you doing I said you're taking everything away from And I looked and I saw me and Cheryl and Jessica walk out on the platform at Happy Valley and Jessica had on a new dress. And right before we came home from the hospital, Sister Becky Johnson came down and brought this new, not knowing anything, brought this new dress. And when we came out on the platform, what I had saw weeks before in a hospital room become a reality when me and Cheryl and Jessica walked out on the platform and Jessica had on a new dress. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. As a young girl, I didn't pray for this girl, but I was just there when it happened. But she was a cutter. She had all these scars where she had cut herself. 
And in this meeting, she wanted to worship the Lord, but she was kind of ashamed of the scars. She said, Lord, I want to worship you. And I believe I'm telling it right, just from memory. If it's a, if I'm, she said, I, I want to worship you, but I'm ashamed of these scars. And so the voice said, lift your arms and give me praise. And when that young girl raised her arms to worship Jesus, the scars disappeared off of her arms. You got scars in your life? He can take them away from you. He can take them away from you. Amen. I told you about Brother Jonas Hildebrandt many a time, Sister Christine over in Romania. Amen. I was in Nicaragua. Me and Brother David Solid was in this meeting together. He's having a prayer line. This man came through the prayer line like this right here. This is, the way, this is the way he walked. And when he'd go to shake your hand, he'd have to look up like this and shake your hand. He'd been there all week in the meetings. He was a, actually a preacher. But he walked like that. He couldn't raise up. He blew his back out laying brick. And he walked around like this right here. And he'd look up at you and shake you. He came through the prayer line. And when that man got to the end of the prayer line, he was standing straight up. And he shouted that place to the ground. And I tell you, when you have walked like this for so many years, and then God lets you walk like this, you've got something to shout about. <laughs> you've got something to be happy about. <laughs> oh, my. Amen. I'll, I'll hurry. Put that other picture up, Brother Michael. This young couple couldn't have a baby. And I was in Nicaragua and they come up to me and asked me if I would pray that they could have a child. What the Lord had did for, for us with Jessica and gave us back, you know, the Lord gave Jessica back to us. And so they asked if we would pray. So we was there, Danny Torres interpreted for me. And we prayed for that couple. And here not long ago, I got this picture from them. The prayer's been answered, that's their little baby. Oh my. So when they come up for prayer, I said, We want to have a baby. I said, How many you want? I said, well, If you're going to ask God, you might as well get what you want, you know. And they said, uh, We'll start with one. <laughs> I was there in Arkansas one time, and a woman came up and wanted a car. She wanted a car so she could come to church. And she said, would you pray that the Lord would give me a car so I can come to church? And I said, well, that's an honorable request. You know, you don't, you don't want a car so you can go to the racehorse track and bet on horses, you know. And so she said, yeah, I just want the Lord to give me a car so I can come to church. And I said, well, what color do you want? She goes. And I said, well, if you're going to ask the Lord for a car, you might as well get the color you want. I mean, you know, why ask for a car and get something you don't like, you know. So she goes, uh, blue. I said, well, we'll just pray, Lord, to give you a blue car. <laughs> I don't know if she ever got it or not, but that look on her face was like, <laughs> this guy's crazy. <sighs> Amen. Me and Brother David Siler was in a prayer line down in Arizona. And this man came walking up. He just come walking up, and I said, you believe God will give you the salvation of your children? He said, that's what I'm here for. I said, we'll just go right on through there thanking the Lord for it. It's been several years ago, not long ago, I got a, I got a, a, a 
call from him, text or whatever, you know, and said, uh, Brother Darrell said, my last child's come in, said they're all in now serving the Lord. He'll give you children when you can't have them. He'll give you children when they're out in the world. I was in a prayer line and this sister came and I'll, I'll stop there. But she came in and she said, said Brother Darrell said, uh, I've got a son and we had a falling out. So we've not spoke to each other in years. I said, I've got a little granddaughter that I've never seen because me and my son don't talk to one another. And she said, I'm getting old. And she said, I want to, I want to enjoy my granddaughter. She said, would you pray that God will reconcile my family so that I can know my granddaughter? And I said, sure, sis, we'll just pray. I said, and when you family reconciled, I said, you let me know what the Lord did for you. I think it was two years. I get a letter in the mail from a sister. And she said, Brother Darrell, she said, my son's wife called me and invited me to my son's birthday party. I think it's his 50th birthday or something like that. She said, he invited me to the party. She said, I went there. said, I've been reconciled. Said, I've met my granddaughter. She said, God is just so good. Well, I was down preaching somewhere and I shared that testimony and a man came up with his wife at the end of the service. He said, Brother Darrell, I said, I got a son we hadn't heard from in years. He said, but if God can do that for that sister, he can do it for my family. He said, would you pray that my family would be reconciled? I said, sure, we'll just pray. We'll just believe together. And we prayed. It was like on a Saturday night. That Tuesday, the following Tuesday, his son called him. They was reconciled. The boy returned to Christ, gave his heart back to the Lord. And the last I heard, he was leading singing in his daddy's church. That's just the kind of God that we serve. And the last thing I want to share with you is our God can raise the dead. I was in Pennsylvania. It's been several years ago. Andrew Glover was in the meeting with me. And just as I read the scripture, there's a guy sitting right over here about where the sister's sitting. And he just goes like that. And from the pulpit, I could see the whites of his eyes. His wife jumped up, started screaming, just hysterical, just weeping, you know, just, oh, go ahead. Well, sitting right behind him was the pastor, and behind him was the deacon. They got up, and he come and just put his arms on the guy, because he was just slumped back like that. He was just down in, so he's just kind of holding him in the seat. But nobody, of course, the wife, I mean, that's to be expected, but the rest of the people, they never kind of sitting like you are, just kind of, just sitting, you know, and they just started singing, Oh, How I Love Jesus, or just, just a soft song. Nobody got excited. They didn't even call 911. And they was just singing. And so from where I was, I could see the whites of his eyes. And so we just prayed. So everybody said, just bow your head. We'll just pray. And we just prayed a prayer. And the saints was praying the prayer. And we said, amen. And he was just laying like it. He goes, he goes, just like this right here. He goes. <gasps> and he just raised up. He, just go, he was just like that. And he goes. <gasps> 
And I said, Brother Jack, you okay? He said, let's go, buddy. So we went on. We had church. And remember just a few weeks ago right here in this auditorium, what the Lord did for Sister Ruth Garland, sitting right back there. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the same God that saved that Apache is the same God that gave Sister Ruth back to us. Is the same God who gave Jessica back to me. Is the same God who can meet every need that you have tonight. That's just the kind of God that we serve. And I've just seen him do so many things. There's nothing that our God can't do. And so now, you've heard me. Now, just for a few minutes, I want to hear you. Does anybody here have a testimony? Because I know sometimes you have these meetings, you know, and, and the preacher always gets to talk, and you guys just sit there, but this is your chance tonight, okay? Y'all go get a drink of water. This is going to be a long one. <laughs> oh, my Lord. I was waiting for you to ask. Um, this has been four or five years ago. Um, a lot of you don't know this. A lot of you don't know me that well. I'm not from here. Um, some of you are closer to me than others, but I, I was a very, very sick person um, for a large chunk of my life. I'm pull myself together a little bit. Um, so I, I was diagnosed with um, what's called primary immune deficiency, and for Let's see, I wasn't planning on talking, so let me get the details right. Um, six or seven years of my life, I, I went once a month and got an infusion for four hours to help boost my immune system. I was in and out of the hospital once a month, once every three months for four or five years of my life. Um, and, you know, and, and it was just part, I just accepted it. You know, I was like, oh, this is what I've got. I'm gonna live like this forever. and. Uh, we were in Happy Valley. Um, I had started coming down here, and um, I think me and Allison had been dating a year or so, or maybe two years. And Brother Darrell was preaching, and uh, he said, you know, everyone, he, he pulled the whole congregation to the altar, everyone. I mean, we all, some of you may remember, but we were all um, up close, and I just raised my hands. I said, Lord, I don't want to live like this forever. And, and, um, and he touched me that day, and, I, and I, went, I went back home, I had to go to school, and kept doing the infusion thing, and when I came back down here, I switched doctors, and the, uh, you know, I, I went to my doctor's appointment, I told him my diagnosis, I told him about my life and my history, and he said, well, you know, I don't, let's, just, let's just take a, a month off and see how you do. I said, okay. Let's do that, sure. And I was like, this guy's crazy, I'm gonna be sick, I'm gonna be in the hospital, I've been through this, we've tried this my whole life, you know. And it's been three or four years now, not a single one, haven't been in the hospital a single time. Lord touched me and my life has been forever changed. And I'm, I'm up here now, and I was thinking about this, this the whole time he was talking. I've never told, I, my family knows, and a few of my close friends, but I've been scared to testify because, 
You know, you get up and you testify and the devil starts coming at you. And I've been scared this whole time, so I'm not going to say anything because I'm scared. I'm scared that the devil will come after me. And, and uh, you know, I've, I haven't told Daryl to tell that. He knows it, but I'm here tonight to give him a black eye and tell him that if the Lord's done something for you, you need to tell it and you need to testify. And I'm, I'm ashamed of waiting this long to get up and tell people, but he's a healer, he's my healer, and he, he has been, and he's changed my life forever. Amen. Anyone else? Come on up here, little brother. God bless you. Appreciate you. Uh, I also was not planning on talking, so if things get, you know, confusing, then that's right. water. No. Okay. <laughs> uh, some of you may know this. Um, I haven't been very secretive about it necessarily, but I also don't, I don't throw it out there. For many people to know because whenever you start opening yourself up to people you know to the wrong people you can you can get hurt uh about two three years ago i struggled with horrible horrible just mental battles just depression anxiety just literally anything and everything you could think of um and during that time i mean i'm sure people knew by i mean the way i acted or the way i was you know presenting myself or whatever but it wasn't like a communicated thing, like people didn't know. Brother Daryl knew, dad, dad had talked to him about it. Brother Daryl um, gave dad a, uh, a, a prayer cloth, and I, I didn't know that he had given, given dad the prayer cloth, and dad had pinned it on my bed, underneath my, my bed sheet. And even before then, I talked to Brother Daryl, and he'd given me one of his, one of his, his handkerchiefs, he said, bring it back to me whenever you're healed. Um, well, I hung on to it for a while, you know, and then, you know, you have moments in church, you have, you know, experiences, and I was like, oh, for sure, I felt I was broken, you know, I'd broken through, and part of me feels like I had, but I let the devil get to me again, and I, I just got defeated, but in that time, I came back to Brother Darrell, I was like, you know, here's your handkerchief, I've been delivered, he was like, hang on to it, and I was, part of me was like, okay, wonder, wonder why he did that, and he was like, you know, if, if the devil ever comes back, you can have that as a testimony. And, you know, in my head, I was like, well, I don't need it for that. I feel like I'm delivered. Well, came back harder than ever, which, uh, you know, I'm not going to get into all the, all, the, all the gory details, but it got bad, and then I realized why I still had that handkerchief and why, why he told me to hang on to it. Um, then Virginia meetings rolled around. This was 2020, 2021, I think. And I have been praying that whole, that whole time. I didn't want to go to those meetings. I was just like, uh. You know, I was caught up in stuff, school, whatever. Um, but Saturday night, we had that prayer line, and never in my life have I experienced anything like that. The, the spirit that dropped down there in those meetings was, you could almost see it, you could feel it. It was a, a, a pressure, it was, it was awesome. And I came out that prayer line, and, you know, because the, the tent's out in the middle of a field, there was, you know, people all around, people that came out the prayer line, everybody was praying, everybody was, you know, just, just worshiping. And they, they put me down on a chair, and I was, I was just sitting there, and I was praying, and I was thinking, I don't, I don't feel nothing, I don't feel any different, I don't. Because whenever you get in a state like that, without knowing it consciously, you worship that demon that's, that's held on to your life, because you start thinking, who am I without this? Because it becomes your identity. And I didn't realize that I was hanging on to it. And I was, I was sitting there, 
and a voice spoke to me and it was like, do you want to be healed? And in my head I was like, I mean, I, I thought I was, well what, I, it, it, was all, it was all a mess. Everything was, because two worlds were meeting in that moment and that darkness that had been in my life for years, since I was 12 years old, 11 years old, it was, it was clashing and I was, I was all confused. And the voice said, say you're healed, say it. And I whispered and I was like, I'm healed. Nothing happened. I said, I'm healed. And then I yelled out, I'm healed. And the second I said that, it, I physically felt it break. I felt it break off of my body. Um, I've never been the same since, ever. It never been the same, never struggled with any, any thoughts like that. I became a, a totally, a totally new person. And that, that handkerchief that Brother Dale gave me, anytime the Lord does something for me in my life, I write it down on that, on that handkerchief and I put the date beside it. And a year later at the same meetings, I got the Holy Ghost. So that's my testimony. Praise the Lord. You know, Brother Jonas Hildebrand up in Canada, he had so many sinus infections and they had so many surgeries, they cut the nerves out of his, couldn't smell. So he came through a prayer line up there. It's February 20, I believe it was. And I gave him a handkerchief and I said, when the Lord heals you, you send it back to me as a testimony of what the Lord did for you. I've just seen the Lord use that so many times. Well, I was in a hotel room and I was in bed and my phone goes bzz, bzz, bzz. So I looked at it and it was Brother Jonas. He said, are you asleep? I said, no. Not now. <laughs> so he said, can I call you? I said, sure, sure. So he called me and said, Brother Darrell, he said, I, I don't know where you're at. Don't even know what time it is where you're at. He said, but I was coming home from church tonight. He said, guess what? I said, what, buddy? He said, I smelled a skunk. <laughs> I thought, you know, that's right. When the Lord touches you, even the skunk smells good. Yeah. I remember another time a prayer cloth, I was in Virginia, and this sister came through the, through the prayer line, and she said, I don't want to, I'm tired of going to church by myself. Said my husband won't come to church with me. And I said, well, you take his handkerchief, you put it under the mattress with the side he sleeps on. And when he starts coming to church, you send it back to me. And so several years later, I was up there and she came up to me with that handkerchief. And she said, I'm gonna give this back to you. Said, I said, yeah, I remember. And she said, over there's my husband. I said, not only is he coming to church, said now he's a deacon in the church. It's just the kind of God that we serve. He's just... He's just wonderful. I was in Nicaragua one time and I was, took a handkerchief and tore it off and gave it to the kids, a piece of it. And I said, when the Lord heals you, you give it to Mike Seaver to send back to me. And, you know, I, I knew they wouldn't send it back to me, but it's just something that, for your faith to anchor, you know. And so I was turning it off, giving it to him. It's coming through the prayer line and, oh man, we prayed for so many. And before the prayer line was over, the kids that was in the front of the line had got back in the line and was giving me pieces of the handkerchief back. The Lord had already healed them before they ever left the building. And that same service that night, I was coming out. They was helping me out of the building. I'll never forget this. I was talking about salvation. But there's a, a young guy. He wasn't even a part of He was actually a part of the camp. He worked there. He wasn't part of our young people. And he was standing at the back door. And I was going out, and I just looked at him. He's looking at me, and I said, do you need something from Jesus? He just, he just fell on his knees and repented. And gave his heart to the Lord and his girlfriend was also there and she went to the altar that night and the Lord saved both of them in that meeting that night and he, he's just wonderful I didn't mean to get emotional but it just touches my heart anybody else come on up here sis you 
you'll have to bear with me. I'm going to cry. <laughs> um, I maybe start of the year, I dealt with a lot of anxiety and depression, and it wouldn't go away. I tried to go to church, and I went up for prayer many times, and nothing happened. So, in Louisiana camp this year, my, I, I was really searching for the Holy Ghost, and I wanted it so bad. And I kept praying and praying and praying, and I received it. And I got back home, and Satan blinded me so much that I didn't, I didn't even think I had it anymore. And I was blind. Um, Brother Andrew Spencer, when he came for our meetings, he preached and he said, stand if you, have, if you know you had the Holy Ghost. And I didn't know, I, I sat there and I was like, do I stand or do I sit down? And he was praying for people. It took me a long time to come up here and get prayed for. And I finally, I finally did it. I told him and I said, I don't, I don't know. I received it at Louisiana and I don't know if I have it. I really don't. And he looked at me and he said, I can see it all over you, sis. And that's when I knew, and now I'm filled. Nothing can defeat me or God. And now that I know that I have the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. There's nothing like knowing that you know that you know. Amen. Anybody else? chance. Some of you have been wanting to preach. This is your... <laughs> Amen. I knew it. Come on up here, buddy. Praise the Lord. That's the way I'm going to look in the millennium right there. <laughs> uh, it's just something small. Um, I think it was like four, four or three months ago, I um, had pain my right side and um, like right here I would push down and I was like oh what what is this like every time I bend over at work it would hurt and I'd be like oh man like I really don't want to go to doctor you know I don't want to find out you know I have liver problems or something so I just kept putting it off putting it off and I kept praying and claiming my healing and then we had the special meetings and I um, went up to get prayed for and I was like Lord please take this away I don't I don't, want, I don't want to have this pain, you know, I don't want to know what it is. I, I was actually pretty scared. And then weeks passed by, and before I knew it, I totally forgot about it. And then when we were, you were, pre, you were talking and um, talking about the testimonies and the healing, I just reached over, I was like, you know what, I haven't, I haven't really felt it in a while, and it doesn't hurt no more. And after Mark telling his testimony, just, I was like, you know, I wasn't planning on speaking. So, but, you know, it just encourages, just to let you know, if when someone else has testimony, 
it encourages you. It encouraged me, and I'm sure it's encouraged a lot of a, a lot of you too. So, so I want to praise God for healing and just yeah, amen. wonderful what the Lord can do, ain't it? Amen. Come on up here, sister from Canada. God bless you. So this isn't my testimony, but I'm sharing it because I need it. Um, but last year at our church camp, um, we had a testimony night at the end of the service, and one of my friends, she's had stomach issues for as long as I've known her. Um, couldn't eat gluten, dairy, nothing. Like, and, and she always had a struggle with it. You know, we'd come to youth, and she had to have her special meals. And, and it was the last night of camp, and God moved in such a special way at that camp. But I remember I was up there and praying with some of the young girls, and and she came and she came up and got prayed for, and and she turned to me, and, and everybody else was, you know, and having their moments, and she turned to me and she goes, Chloe, I'm healed. And it was like I looked at her and I knew I knew she was healed, and and we were so encouraged by it. And the next morning, we went, and I was the only one. Me and her were the only ones that knew what had happened. And we went for breakfast, and. Um, Right, as we're in the line, a girl, one, another one of her friends comes up to her and she goes, I had a dream last night and in my dream you ate a stack of pancakes and you were fine. And that breakfast that morning was pancakes and she went and she took a full stack and some friends told her, you know, maybe you should try just one pancake and see how you feel. And she said, no, God healed me. And she ate the whole stack, <laughs> the biggest stack I've ever seen. And I know I, I have a lot of stomach issues and it's been something that I've been struggling a lot, especially since being down here. Um, and I know that if God did it for her, he can do it for me, so I'm just claiming it here. Here, here a few years ago, I was up at the BYC camp and we had prayed for oh, so many kids and I was going up the aisle leaving, just really tired, and, and this girl stepped out. And she said, I'm uh, bulimic. Is that where you eat your food and throw it back up? Is that? She said, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a bulimic. She said, but I, won't, I don't want to be like that no more. So we prayed. And I told her, I, th I thought about that when she said that. I told her, I said, sis, I said, now go get you a hamburger and eat it. Well, when I got back to the room, kind of come to myself a little bit, you know, I thought, kind of scared me, Brother Paul, because I thought, wow, maybe, you know, maybe this girl Maybe she's not had food in her stomach because she throwed it up for so long. Maybe, I, maybe she should have had soup first or something, you know. I, I thought, oh, Lord, have mercy. I hope I hadn't told that girl something, something wrong, you know. And, she, and so I, all that night, I, just, I was just praying. I said, Lord, I, you know, Lord, I just was trying to be a help, you know. And so the next morning when we went for breakfast, I was looking for her. Make sure she's, <laughs> make sure she's alive, you know. <laughs> and so I saw her, and she come running up to me. And I said, how you doing, sis? She said, brother Darrell. said, not only did I eat one hamburger, she said, I ate two. And I said, well, praise the Lord for two hamburgers. But, but you're right. When the Lord heals you, you don't have to have one pancake. You can have them all. Amen. Amen. God is so good. <laughs> Anybody else? Is it getting late? What time we need to come? Come on up here, sis.
probably like so many of you all, one of my biggest struggles in life has been depression and anxiety. And um, one of the biggest things that I've thought is always that nobody cares about me. And I could just disappear tomorrow and why would it matter? And it created a lot of bitterness in me and a lot of hatred towards people for many, many years. And just a few months ago, I can remember, it was, it was really bad for me. And I was sitting here in church, and I saw somebody else come up and get prayed for. And she had, you know, a moment with the Lord. And when she did, I just saw all these group of ladies go and, and pray for her. And I, I leaned over to somebody, and I said, you know, if that happened to me, nobody, nobody would come pray for me. Nobody would care. And just a few weeks later, I went up for prayer, and um, the Lord really moved for me in a way he never had before. And as I knelt at the altar, just crying and praying, I felt a hand on my back. And then I felt another one, and another one, and another one. And I realized a, a group of girls had all come, and they had prayed for me. And it made me realize people do care about me. And I walked up, and I haven't felt that bitterness or that hatred toward people anymore. I just love all of you, and I'm just so blessed to be a part. Just thank you all. Amen. You know one thing I learned? If, you're, if you ever felt led to pray for someone, you should go do that. Because, you know, Brother Bram talked about the, the mother uh, who had the child, and she didn't have a seat, and this woman got up to give her her seat, and she just felt compelled to pray for the baby, but she thought, you know, the woman will get a prayer card and Brother Branham will pray for the baby and God will heal it, and, but she could not get that out. So she asked, she said, do you mind if I pray for your child? And she said, well, sure. And so she prayed, and so she went up in the balcony and sat down, and so sure enough, that woman got a prayer card. She got called and come to the platform with that baby, and the Brother Branham went to pray for the baby, and he said, the baby's already healed. He said, the woman up there in the balcony in the plaited uh, dress prayed for the baby. And Brother Brennan went on to say, he said, her being a mother could have more compassion on that child than I could. And so you, you realize, here stood a prophet of God with the ability to discern, but God never used him to pray for that baby. He used that woman. And so and I've, that's something I've always tried to do is be, if I feel led to go pray for somebody and, and, and just go pray for them. And I don't know how many times that people's told me, said, I was sitting here praying and said, Lord, if you can hear my prayer, let Brother Darrell come and pray for me. And you know, and, and so if you, I don't want to encourage you because we need one another. As Brother Donnie preached last night, we're a body. It reminds me of a story during World War II and the Americans was being overrun by the Germans and they had to pull back. And, and anybody that's ever been in the military, you know that a, a model, a code of honor that we have among us as soldiers is we leave nobody behind. No one's left behind. But in this particular battle, they've been overrun so fast, they was pulling to the rear and they said, leave the wounded, we'll get them later. But we've got to pull back, we're gonna lose every man if we don't. Well, the sergeant turned around and this young boy had this soldier up on his shoulders and the guy had been shot through the hips and the blood was pouring out of his body. And this young boy, he was much smaller than this man, but he had him up like a fireman's ladder uh, and he was trying to carry him. And the sergeant yelled to this private and he said, drop the man. So we've got to retreat to the rear, we'll get him later drop him let's go and so he turned back around and the boy was still struggling trying to run with this man up on his shoulders and he told him the second time he said drop the man we've got to retreat to the rear we'll get him later we've got to go we've got to go drop him and so he he turned around again you know and he turned back around 
and the boy was still trying to carry the man. And he said, as your non-commissioned officer, I order you, drop that man. He's too heavy for you. You're, he's too heavy to carry. And the boy yelled back and he said, Sarge, he ain't heavy. He's my brother. He was trying to get his own brother off the battlefield. And perhaps before they left, his mama caught him in the kitchen and said, said you know, take care of Willie. You know how he is. He said, oh, mama, I promise you. Maybe he's just trying to keep a promise to his mama. But he said, Sarge, he ain't heavy. He's my brother. And I promise you, ain't none of you tonight. You ain't heavy. You're my brother. You're my sister. We're going to leave here together. No one's left behind. We're all going together. And we're all going to sit at Daddy's house. And it'll be all over one day. And until then, let us press on, love one another, encourage one another, lift one another up, leave no one behind. Don't draw a circle and get little cliques among you and leave this group out. We all need each other. All need each other. I guess we, we should close, but I want to share one more story with you. I've told you about what the Lord did for other people. I want to share one more story. <clears throat> My favorite scripture for years in the Bible has been Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the thoughts I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. And it's just always kind of been a scripture that, that, that means something to me. And I was preaching a meeting in Arizona and I had to preach on a Saturday morning and I woke up and I had a demon headache. I was so sick, the sweat was literally uh, coming off of my face and I had to preach. And Brother Dale Smith called me and he said, hey, you wanna go get some coffee? I said, Brother Dale, I said, I am so sick, buddy. I said, I gotta preach in a few minutes. I said, my head, it feels like it's gonna blow off of my shoulders. He said, well, I'll pray for you. And I said, man, I appreciate it. So in a few minutes, there's a knock at my door at the hotel and I opened the door is Brother Dale Smith and he had some coffee and a prayer. And so I went and preached, and I was so sick, I put one leg in my pants, and I had to lay on the bed, and I just laid there forever to get up and put the other one in. So I got up and went and preached like that. And so when I got to preaching, the headache kind of went away, and so when the service was over, it, I felt pretty good compared to what I felt like. And so they was having a big fish fry up in Flagstaff, and I was down in a place called Cottonwood. And so I told him, I, I told the brother, I said, I'm, I'm just going to go lay down for a little bit. And I said, I'll come on up after a while. And he said, yeah, come on up and when you feel like it, get your shower. And so I could feel the headache coming back, uh, but it wasn't as bad. And so I laid down for a little bit and I got up and I was headed up to Flagstaff and I was going up a, a road called 89A. If you're ever out that way, take 89A. It's a beautiful drive from Cottonwood up towards Sedona. And so... I got to whining, I'm just gonna be honest with you, I just a big baby. I got homesick. I was so homesick, I just couldn't stand it. And I was going up the road by myself and I began to talk to the Lord and I said, Lord, I said, do you even know I'm out here? I said, am I doing any good at all? I said, maybe I should just go home and sit down. I said, I don't feel good. I've not seen my family. I said, do you even know I'm here? And I saw a sign that said scenic view, one mile, and I just, I just love Sedona. I told Sheriff, I said, if I go by the way of the grave and cremate me and pour my ashes out in Sedona, I'll be happy. 
I just love those. Anybody been out there with those red rocks? It's beautiful, beautiful. So I pulled in and I got out and there was a bench there. And I got out of the car and I sat down on that bench. And I began to whine again. And I said, Lord, do you even know my name? I said, do you even know I'm out here? Maybe I just go home. I just want to go home. And I got done praying. And I looked beside me. And this was laying beside me. And at first I thought it was in the bench. But when I touched it, it moved. And I picked it up. And it said, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I set you apart. And I turned it over on the other side. It was Jeremiah 29. I know the thoughts I think towards you. And I looked at that coin and I thought, he knows my name. And I tell you tonight, young people, every one of us, no matter how lonely you may feel, Nobody knows you. Nobody cares about you as our sister talked about. But I want you to know tonight, we serve a God who knows your name, who can give you encouragement when you need it the most. When you can't even encourage yourself, we serve a God who can put a coin on a bench to help a whiny preacher get through a Saturday afternoon. And I tell you tonight, young people, he knows our name. He knows everything about you. Now, can't, can't we serve a God like that? Can't we love a God like that who would give a whiny preacher a coin when he needed it the most? That's the kind of God that we serve. Do you love him? Can we just bow our heads up? I appreciate you letting me come and share some things with you tonight. While our heads bowed, just a moment. And forgive me for being a baby. close I just wondered tonight we've heard the testimonies and some of the things that we've seen the Lord do some of the things I've never shared never will share but it's just but if you're here tonight and we've, we've talked about skin trouble we've talked about depression we've talked about heart trouble we've talked about diabetic trouble and if you're here tonight and maybe you have a need. And maybe your particular need wasn't even mentioned as far as a testimony, but surely you can see if God can take a rash off of a boy that you saw the picture, just clean skin. If God can take depression off of a sister, then whatever your need would be tonight. Sister Caroline sitting there tonight healed of cancer. Jessica sitting there tonight blinded in a wheelchair and now Look at her. He's God. He can do anything. 
You know, and he never asked for our money. He never asked for our ability. But all he ever asked us to do was to believe him. If thou can believe, all things are possible. And while you're here tonight, if you, if you have a need, but you believe that the God who met these needs of these testimonies can meet your need tonight, would you just raise your hand to him and say, Lord, I believe that tonight. God bless those hands there. God bless those hands there. God bless that hand there, yes. If you're here, no, no one looking around, but if you're here and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, I wonder if you would just slip your, not to point you out, I would never embarrass you. But if you feel something pulling on your heart tonight, would you just raise your hand and say, Lord, would you remember me? Like you remember that Apache man just before he passed. You touched his heart. Would you raise your hand? Just Yes, God bless that hand there. Anyone else just before? Yes, God bless that hand. God bless that hand. Hallelujah. God bless that hand right there. Yes. Isn't he wonderful? Amen. God bless your hand. He saw your hand. Isn't he wonderful? There is no God like my God. Thank you, Lord. Here's what I want us to do tonight. I want you to lay hands on one another. Will you do that? Just reach over, brother to brother, sister to sister. Amen. If you're out there by yourself, just find somebody and just slip your hand over on them. Would you do that tonight? Would you be a conduit, a channel that the Spirit of the Lord could touch someone? Amen. Amen. Now that person you got your hand on might have been the one that raised her hand. And I want you to pray earnestly. You be that brother on the battlefield. Say, he ain't heavy. He's my brother. That's my sister. Heavenly Father, we are so glad to call you Father. And Lord, as we bow in your wonderful presence this evening, these testimonies, Lord, the things that we've heard, Lord, and shared that we've seen you do for your people. And Lord, we know you're no respect of persons. And Father, I know there's some here, Lord, suffering tonight. Some of them, Lord, with juvenile diabetes. and Some of them here, Lord, with maybe dealing with oppression, Lord, or maybe some of them depression, Father. Maybe some of them have the eating disorder. Some of them here with stomach trouble, Lord. Some of them here needing salvation, Lord. Some of them needing an experience with you, Father. But Lord, no matter what the need would be in the building tonight, it's not greater than you, Lord. So Father, we cast down every doubt. We cast down every fear that you can't do something for us, Lord. We cast down every lie that Satan would try to tell us that you don't love us, that you don't care for us, that this ain't for us. But Lord, we hear your voice tonight speaking to our hearts. And Lord, we surrender to you and we lay our hands upon one another. And may the same anointing that raised my Lord from the grave May it flow from one young person to the other to the other all through the assembly tonight, Lord. And Father, as it flows from one to the other, may sickness leave, may fear leave, Lord. May these other things that would torment these young people, may they just fall off of them, Lord. May the chains of the enemy just fall off of them, Lord. 
For you said they could go free tonight. Father God, those that raised their hand that's never known you, I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, as they lay up on their beds, Father, may you come to them, coo over them like a dove would coo to its mate, God, that they may find that place, Lord, at the foot of Calvary where the bleach of the blood of the Lord Jesus washes us and cleanses us, Lord, and brings us back into fellowship with you, Lord Jesus. Father, I give them to you tonight as a testimony of your goodness and your mercy and your grace. Satan, I speak to you. You're a defeated foe. My Lord defeated you at Calvary, and you're nothing but a bluff. And we rebuke you tonight in the name of Jesus. And we charge you by the Lord God who gave us the authority of his word. Take your hands off of God's property tonight. For he said we could go free. And every praise in our heart is to our God tonight. Because there is no God like our God. Lord, I ask you tonight, may you touch these young people, Lord. These afflictions that they suffer with. God, may there be another testimony service. And this time it won't be me, Lord. It'll be them telling what you did for them. Because we believed you tonight, God. And we receive it tonight in the name of Jesus Christ. If you're here and you receive it tonight in the name of Jesus, just raise your hand and say, Lord, I receive it tonight in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isn't he wonderful? Amen. Oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. How many feels good? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Every praise is to our God. Every word of worship in one accord. Every praise, every praise is to our God. Sing hallelujah to our God. Glory hallelujah is to our God. Every praise, every praise is to our God. Every praise is to our God. Glory hallelujah is to our God. Every praise. Every praise is to our God. Sing hallelujah to our God. Glory hallelujah is to our God. Every praise, every praise is to our God. Here we go now. God, my Savior. God, my healer, God, my deliverer, yes, he is, yes, he is, God, my Savior, God, my healer, God, my deliverer, yes, he is, yes, he is. Every praise is to our God. Every word of worship in one accord. Every praise, every praise is to our God. Sing hallelujah to our God. Oh, glory hallelujah is to my God. Every praise. 
ever praise is to our God. Every praise is to our God. Every word of worship in one accord. Ever praise, ever praise is to our God. Sing hallelujah to our God. Glory hallelujah is to our God. Ever praise. Ever praise is to our God. Here we go now. God, my Savior. God, my healer. God, my deliverer. Yes, He is. Yes, He is. God, my Savior. God, my healer, God, my deliverer. Yes, He is. Yes, He is. Every praise is to our God. Every word of worship. Every praise, every praise is to our God. Sing hallelujah to our God, oh glory, hallelujah, is to our God. Ever praise, ever praise is to our God. God, my Savior. My deliverer, yes, he is, yes, he is. Hey. Hey. I was meeting in New Mexico one time, and my back went out. I laid in the floor of the hotel room put my feet up on the couch on ice I left that little thing at the door of the hotel where the door wouldn't shut so brother Giofforni could bring me food I ate my food laying on the floor of a hotel room because I wasn't able to sit up I had to preach that night brother Jewel said if, if you can't make it I'll take the service and then you can take my service two nights later so I text Brother Donnie, text some brothers, ask them to pray. So I text Brother Jewel, I said, Brother Jewel, I believe I'm going to preach tonight. He texted back and he said, Woo man. He drove me to the meeting. It was all I could do to get up into the study. I laid in the floor of the study with my feet up on the couch till they called me to the pulpit. Sister Cindy Hunt was in those meetings. She was out there that year. I come up the aisle, I could hardly walk. I got a hold of the pulpit. Honestly, my knuckles were white because I was afraid if I let go, I'd fall in the floor. But when I was laying up there, I said, Lord, please, please don't make me stand in front of your people like this. And I was standing there and greeting the people, holding on to the pulpit, and I felt a hand touch me in my back. You know, I always have mic trouble. You've been around me enough to know every time I come to the pulpit. I told somebody, if I die and cross over 
And somebody hands me a microphone. I didn't make it. I went somewhere. <laughs> so when I felt this hand touch my back and I thought, something's wrong with my mic. So I turned around thinking it was a song leader. And I thought, that's funny. There's no one behind me. And when I turned back around, it's like two warm vials of water just run down my legs. And it was over. The back Brother Robert, I was instantly healed. Every word of worship is due our God. There is no God like our God. Thank you for your time. I hope I've not kept you too long. Here comes Michael. He's going to testify. God bless you all. Thank you for letting me be a part of your service. Y'all can just be seated just for a second. I'm probably one of the few that's here tonight that uh, was part of this. Probably one of the best youth leaders that you could have. And uh, I look, look around and some of the brothers and sisters that were in our youth group, they've got positions now in the church. Sunday school teachers, IT people, all, they do just stuff all over through the, through the church. And when you're this age, you don't realize what God's doing to you. And what, if time lasts, God forbid if it does the way the world is, but if it does, you're going to look at these times and look at your leaders like we look at Brother Darrell that held you guys together. Our group, uh, the church was probably in the, it was on the verge of splitting, is almost on the verge of collapsing. This church, look what we are now. But during that time, it was the lowest, probably lowest part I can remember. But our youth group was on fire. And I look back, and to me, that's what held our church together. I mean, going to Brother Darrell's house, our meetings. We had spiritual meetings, and then we had non-spiritual meetings. I mean, we did, it was fun. You know, I won't, I won't get into it, but we had a good time. And it, it binded us together as a group. And you don't realize it, this is what these brothers are trying to, to do with this group. It's to bind you. don't know how important it is just to get together. And if you just play ball or sit and talk, you know, it, it keeps you guys together. And during that, was it Brother Donnie come for a youth service? Brother Donnie came first time to our church was for one of our youth services. And because we were so on fire and from there, just history. God's got it all in control. But, you know, I just want you guys to know how important your, your youth leaders is. You know, and uh, like I said, you don't, you don't realize it right now, but just try to give them, you know, a rose while you can, you know, because we're not young anymore, you know. And, uh, I'm on the verge a couple years of what you want to say. We just have a youth meeting. It was like on Wednesday night, wasn't it? And the youth done everything. They took up the offering, all the specials. And they opened the service. And we had a, well, like Brother Donnie came to one of the meetings. And so 
I was preaching that night, I think it was, and Michael was opening up the service. Someone sent me a prayer request to pray for the family of so-and-so. He passed away. So I said, okay, okay. And I was so nervous, and Michael goes, well, what's that note? And I said, so-and-so wants prayer. So Michael gets up and says, uh, so-and-so's wanting prayer with the guy he's talking about was dead. <laughs> family wanted prayer, but I told Michael the guy wanted prayer. He said, pray for Sosa. Well, the guy was dead. That was his first miracle. <laughs> but, I, but I just wanted to, to say that to you guys, you know, how, how important this is. And you, you, right now, you, you don't realize it. And, uh, you know, I really appreciate, you know, what Brother Darrell did with our group and what Brother Joe and Brother Rob's doing now. You know, it, it's keeping you guys together. And time lasts, some of you will be Musicians, you know, maybe preachers sitting here, Sunday school teachers, you know, to see some of them coming up. So, you know, just it's more important than you think. But I, I'll just tell my little testimony. I still remember I woke up on a Monday morning, my back was hurting right here. And the first thing I thought of was a kidney stone because I'd heard of, them, you know, you do not want one. I went into work, and Brother Jimmy and Ron and all of them, and uh, I hurt all through the day. It started getting worse that evening. And uh, by Tuesday, I don't think I came into work. And uh, I was hurt pretty bad. And Brother Donnie uh, was contacting me, and I, I was hurt really bad. He said, what you need to do, he said, you need to make a, a concoction of asparagus and Coke together and drink it. He said, that will dissolve your kidney stone. Well, I did that. And lo and behold, after I drank all that, the kidney stone had blocked and I could not go to, to the bathroom. So there I was, dying. And so I ended up going, I think it was Wednesday, going to the emergency room. And they finally got me where I could go to the restroom. But I went home and uh, still had the stone. And how many knows what a fetal position is? I was on top of my bed in a fetal position. I was in the floor in a fetal position. Yodi had come in and, you know, nothing you could do. And every time that stone would move, it was just like it had a knife in, you, in your back. And the next Thursday was Thanksgiving. And we always go to Brother Darrell's for Thanksgiving to eat. Then we shoot gun, we have a real good time. Well, the family went on, I had to stay. Had Thursday, Friday, Saturday, it was still killing me. Sunday, it was still killing me. And uh, they went to the church and I was streaming. I was one of those, God bless our streamers. Thank God for streamers, because I was streaming. And I was watching it on my phone, laying in bed. And at the end of service, Brother Donnie said, I just feel led to pray for Brother Michael. He said, he's at home, he's got a kidney stone. And he said that, I grabbed my phone. I can still remember, I grabbed my phone. I said, please, Lord, touch me. Church prayed for me. I got up out of the bed, went to the restroom, and passed the stone within five seconds after they prayed for me. So, you know, after I'd had it for seven days, that was my miracle that the Lord did for me. But of all of that, just look at these services that you have a little, little different. You know, it's, it's molding you for the future what future we have and, and just look at your your leaders a little different you know 
all four of us guys love you. We're not here to, you know, for nothing. These guys, we love you guys, and we put forth time and effort hoping we can help you guys in some way. These guys more than me, you know. Like Joe said, I'm a behind-the-scenes guy. So I hope, you know, from this, it'll help you see why we're having these meetings a little bit better Something a little more spiritual than just gathering and playing ball. So that's what I just want to say. And I really just want to say I really appreciate Brother Darrell. I, I think we had one of the greatest youth leaders that we could have for the time. So I just want to say thank you for all the years that you give to us. And it, it shows, you know, from the brothers and sisters, you see the work that they're doing in the church and everything. So it, it does pay off. So God bless you. We are going to have Brother Darrell back to preach, so if he didn't get by, he will be back. Um, but Michael Bailey is, uh, he keeps saying he's a behind the scenes guy. Uh, I'm here to tell you, things don't happen around here without the behind the scenes guy. You have to have him. In fact, Michael Bailey does more in his church than anybody. The pastor will tell you that too. He does more in this church than anybody in this church. We wouldn't, we wouldn't have the things we have, the times we have together for, one, for Michael Bailey. So he told me he's going to, uh, for the last 20 years, he, he has kept telling me he's going to lay it down, but it'll never happen. Me and Brother Rob's going with him when he goes. So. But, you know, it's, sometimes it's behind the scenes guys that have the hardest jobs. So, Keep him in prayer and keep us in prayer. Keep Brother Daryl in prayer. Um, you know, keep yourselves in prayer. Pray for one another. Encourage one another. You know, we're you're you're in this together. We're here together, and you know the, the, the testimonies that come up here, going through anxiety, depression, and different things. You know, like Brother Daryl said, just because you get delivered, that don't mean it's not going to bring it back. So if you get into that place in your life, you go to someone that God's delivered. Let them help you build your faith. Satan's going to bring things on you, but God gave you a promise that he would deliver you. So we're going to let Brother Jesse sing us out of here. Whatever you want to sing, but God bless y'all for coming. Thank you very much. We love you. We're praying for you. You know, if you need anything, anything at all, you have mine and Brother Rob's number, Michael Bailey, Brother Daryl. He wouldn't mind at all to talk to you, pray with you. Um, you know, we love you. That's, I, I don't know how to express that enough. We love you with all our hearts. And nobody's forcing us to do this. We do it because we think you are the greatest youth on the face of the earth. And we like being part of you. So God bless you. The healer hasn't lost his turn. Still the Almighty, the unchanging God. His power is still showing up. I don't know when I 
lost his touch. I hear the doubters say, You don't see many miracles these days. And I see so many broken ones just waiting for their answers to come those who grown weary I've got good news so hold on be strong keep trusting it's true the healer hasn't lost
before services left out so we have a lot left over so uh, if you're interested you can go over there and partake in that when we dismiss here in just a moment let's sing somebody that testifies are you prepared to go Boom, somebody ought to testify oh somebody ought to testify for God I live for God I will die Somebody ought to testify. Somebody ought to testify. Oh, somebody ought to testify. Say, for God I live, for God I will die. Somebody ought to testify. There have been times in my life when I was down in despair.